You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Shared and yeah. as much as I've been enjoying it, it is really, really personal. 
In verse 11, it says <laughs> that people, all those who had formerly known Saul, saw him prophesying with the prophets. And they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So here people, knowing Saul, they saw a difference in Saul's life. It was not just that they heard, oh, he became king and, you know, it's just a story from far away, but they really saw his life changing. So, starting our opening questions. How much have you changed since your baptism? And are you allowing God to change you? Or are you still in control? Have you been able to let go and have that faith in God? <laughs> the Bible says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. Amen? Amen. We know repentance means to turn. Mm -hmm. Have you turned from your old ways and are you creating new ones? Mm -hmm. Let's look at what John chapter 3, what Jesus says there. John chapter 3 verse 7. We all know this scripture about how to enter the kingdom. John chapter 3 verse 7, it says, You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. Now, what is really, really funny, I think, when you read the scripture is the word surprise. It's like, okay, maybe at your baptism you were like surprised, like, oh, do I need to change? Is this really necessary for my salvation? Yes, it is. I mean, Nana's going through it right now, right? Oh, I need to make some changes. Yes. And Jesus says, do not be surprised. So it's like, yes, we must be born again. We must change and we must actually not be surprised about it. Don't be surprised that you do have to make changes. Mm. But what if you did that at baptism, but you're not doing it anymore? Mm. Mm. Think about if you're still making those changes, or do you think you have arrived? Like, oh no, I took a stand. Like, you know, Shola took a stand in her family. Annie, Ada took a stand in family. Victoria towards her family took a stand. It's like amazing, you know, it's a really big thing to do at the moment you're studying him, you know, when you're at your baptism. But was that it? What are you doing now? Are you still taking a stand against new things? Like are new challenges coming your way? And are you still um, changing and growing into those moments? <coughs> so some open questions. We're going to do some interaction again. Some, some showing of hands. <laughs> okay. um, who has better quiet times now? Better quiet times yeah, than what? Yeah, Cost of the time. Yeah. Of course, over time, yeah. like, especially when we've yeah. been going after it. Okay, deeper Bible studies, really going deeper into the common trees and into everything that you really want to deepen it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Full of faith is hand up, and Okay, who has better prayers? The one where we said with all your heart, not just religious. Like, starts different, like different places. Oh, that's much more. What's that? Better prayers. Or better press, yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> awesome to get this feedback. Now, who's sharing daily? I mean, 15 a day or not, but like daily sharing. Daily really sharing. sharing with someone yeah. a day. Yeah. Come on, that is a huge improvement. There's a huge improvement. More time. No, it's more. like, but I see not all the hands are going up. This is something that we've given there. Okay, who is setting up Bible studies? Oh, no. Like setting them up. Okay. And who is converting someone in a Bible study? 
Okay, so this is this is kind of like well, no no but this is good. We see that we still yeah. have some yeah. you know some yeah. level of growth. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. It's like when you know where you're at, you know where you have to go, yeah. right. where you can go. Yeah. You don't know where you're at, like you know the GP, uh, the, the navigation system. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where you're at. How are you going to know where you're going? Right. You don't. So this is good. Um, but we see that more change is necessary, right? Yes. Yeah. And when we think that we've arrived. Are we going to get there? No. 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 We're not going to get there. Then we'll stay stagnant. You get that feeling of boredom, like, oh, I feel bored. And you'll spiritually die. And this is what happened to Saul. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been studying it out. And Saul actually constantly stayed at Gilgal. Let's look in First Samuel. Come on, um, yeah. Chapter 13. And um, <laughs> what is funny about Saul, because Saul is kind of a man of uh, image. He was like, he was called more yeah. for his looks and not really for, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. for his relationship yeah. with God. It's not, he was so great with God and therefore, you know, you go to lead God's people. Yeah. <laughs> like the rule of Israel. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was more, you know, you look good. Yeah. <laughs> you can't lead people. <laughs> um, who knows how Saul looked like? But a little bit of open verse in here. Oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah. on, amen. First Samuel 9 verse 2 says that indeed. Okay, and how old was Saul when he became king? 13. 13, indeed. How long did he reign Israel for? 40 years. 42. 42, indeed. 42. Okay, this is. <laughs> it was 40 years. 13, verse 1, it says that. Is it? Yeah, 42, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It is, it wasn't me. Right <laughs> Open book exam. <laughs> okay, we're going to read from verse 7. <clears throat> verse 7, it says, Saul remained at Gilgal. And all the troops with him were quaking with fear. And I'm going to pause already at the first sentence because two things are very. Um, they stand out here. One, Saul really stayed stagnant a lot of times. And Gilgal was where he got his anointing. So he constantly kind of like went back there. That's kind of his comfort, his safe place. So that was one thing that he was really um, focused on, you know, I stay where I'm at. We don't want to do that spiritually. We don't want to stay where you're at. We want to grow. Then he said the troops that were with him, were quaking with fear. There was fear mm. everywhere around Saul. It was about like, well, what will they think of me? It wasn't a close relationship with God at all. <coughs> I didn't give you the title yet. The title of the lesson. What is the voice leading you into battle? What is the voice leading you into battle? And because, the pe because Saul was not close to God, that's why the people were quaking with fear. Mm -hmm. Because where there's fear, think about it, if there's fear, there's no faith. Mm -hmm. Where there's fear, there's actually a lack of faith. Verse yeah. mm -hmm. 8. He waited for seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said... Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. 
What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the man was scattering, and that you did not come at this at time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Mishmash, I thought, now nah, the Philistine will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's, Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt mm. offering. Now the first thing here, what is funny is that Samuel actually smelled the sin. He was like, Saul, you're so much in sin, I can smell it from here because there's something going on here. <laughs> That's not what I told you to do. after day seven but it's still day seven maybe I mean it's not day eight it doesn't say came that late but he's like what have you done I'm smelling something <laughs> so it's like Saul is already like in trouble um, obviously he's in trouble as he doesn't have the relationship with God he is just totally in fear and all his people are like ah oh, running around imagine a church like that like the leader is like not close to God at all and the people are just like I don't know this is not faith this is fear it's like ah oh, what are we doing so, um, but it's really funny that the Bible actually, uh, we always say, go by the Bible, go by your feelings. Mm -hmm. And you see the feelings of Saul. Yeah. He yeah. thought and he felt. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, okay, if you feel that compelled to burn the offering, because before people would go to war, they have to like seek God. So mm -hmm. it is indeed a custom for in that time to always worship God first mm -hmm. before you go to battle. But for him to dig in his own hand, it's like, you know, you haven't sought advice. Why, why are you doing this? Yeah. So think about it. Like, he didn't really um, say, like, okay, I felt compelled to pray, like going to God. No, he, he says, I thought they would attack me, so I'm just going to do this. Yes. Going by your feelings. Do you see that? Yes, yes I do. So point number one, when fear rules the camp, mm. fear becomes the dominant voice. Mm. <coughs> fear, when fear rules the camp, so there was fear in, in Saul's camp here, fear becomes the dominant voice. The voices that we hear are full of fear. It's like everything that you know we hear in our mind is like, okay, <coughs> like constantly responses on fear, going by feelings, not having any faith. Yeah. Saul was just like, okay, I don't know what to do now. Okay, uh, people are going, okay, I'm just gonna do this and making instant decisions. He could have felt like, hmm, I feel like praying, or I am, you know, compelled by praying. Didn't do that. He went by the voice of fear because there was fear in the camp. So there are a lot of voices we can hear. The voice of God and the voice of Satan. Yeah. But we can also hear a voice of our past sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like it sometimes comes up and haunt us or like we really are like stagnant because of all the things going on. We can have a voice of our own will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you're not really God speaking. That's more like what I want. Mm -hmm. We can have a voice of fear, as seen here in the Bible, we can also feel fear in our lives. And we can also have a voice of impatience, what we also see in this scripture. Very impatient, so I wasn't really waiting, like, okay, um, maybe we can wait another two days. I mean, maybe he was held up. <laughs> Something happened along the way. He has a good reason why he's yeah. not here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the camels needed yeah. water, and it couldn't go any further. You never know. But there was super, super impatience. Mm. 
And I really want to address this tonight with you because I think impatience can be also in our lives. When we're in a sure. battle, yeah. yes. and we are in a battle, mm -hmm. we can be really, really impatient mm -hmm. and really, really fearful. Think about mm -hmm. our sharing moments. Mm -hmm. Think about how badly we actually want to reach, you know, convert someone and baptize someone, yeah. but we're still actually still setting up studies kind of in that phase. Mm -hmm. We're getting better quiet times and better prayers and working on that. It's like, how can we then think or expect that we're going to be, you know, at the end of the line where we want to be at, but we still have some patience before we get there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a funny analogy, like um, Michael Wilson always talks about the, the elevator or the stairs. Like we, we like comfort, so we think, let's take an elevator and push some buttons. Like that's where I want to go. I want to be dating. Dating. <laughs> I want to be married now. Let's click that one. Or I want a baptism. You know, we all want a baptism, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, let me press that button. But what if God says, learn first to walk the stairs and learn some lessons along the way yeah. before you reach it? Yeah. Then we have to go on his pace, even though what we want is more easier to get with an elevator yeah. and going like, oh, that's what I want. Yeah. You know, sometimes we need to walk it and we need to go through the moments yes. of the learning process yes. before we reach it. Patience, amen. Patience. And then also, what is also very funny because in the world, like food chain, we all want to be like healthy. Yeah. I know a lot of sisters have been going after healthy eating, really like doing jogs, <laughs> and uh, being like, good out there, good side. Yeah, and really, really good. No, Victoria is also really going after. No, Victoria, you're really yeah. going after. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's the world out there is all about fast food. Mm. It's like impatience. Sky high. <laughs> it's like, let's just do a quickie, like just in the microwave, and let's, you know, yeah. have some other time, some other things to do. But fast food chains are actually very, yeah, they're very impatient. It's like a very impatient way of, of living. Yeah. And it's not healthy. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit more about fear. Yeah. Fear, kind of like failure, it's a kind of a fear for failure. Mm -hmm. And when you look at children in schools when they're taught, that actually start very young. It's like, okay, no, you, I don't want you to fail, so let me set you up for success. Mm -hmm. And then in the classrooms, in schools, they kind of like go through everything, <coughs> even if they compete to something, everybody gets a medal. Yeah, but they don't, want, school. Yeah. They don't want anybody <laughs> to feel left right. out that they didn't do their best or that they can't be successful. No, you just, doesn't matter yeah. how you do, no, you all get a medal. Yeah. Yeah. But what does that teach us our children? What does that teach us if we grow up in a society where there's just success everywhere for the grass. Mm. When tough times come, you won't be able to cope. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 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 It's like a struggle with failure. And I think we, deep down in us, we all have that. Like, we don't want to fail. We have yes. a fear for failure. Who, are, who likes to fail? Failure is not fun. But if we don't fail, we also never know what real success looks like. Yeah. 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 So when Michael taught um, on Sunday, when, uh, when we were married together, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like funny yeah. because he kind of talked about how God parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for people that don't have physical children, you may have spiritual children. Like you will disciple someone, you will teach someone. And if you are even teaching someone and you never teach them about failure, then that's very hard for that person if they don't know what it is to not accomplish something. Yeah. So how are you going to be empathizing with them? How can you relate to someone yeah. if they don't know what failing is? Mm. So fear for failure. Failure is um, it's very deep, but I think we all need to change our mindset, be born again in this, 
I really think we need to fail a lot. We in our sharing, we need to hear a lot of no's. We need to, but we need to persevere. And I really like, you know, in, in, when you have a match, and it's also funny because last weekend, and Jessica and Ada were with me on the, on Tuesday, we were watching the World Championship of Judo. Oh, okay. and then, uh, Two weeks ago, I kind of like talked about judo. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it today. Um, judo is a sport whereby you're, if you're on your back, you know you're filled. <laughs> and on a world championship, when you're in an elimination round, when you're on your back, you can go home. So you kind of like, you train, you train all your, you know, the whole year. And it's like, very, because the world championship is one of the biggest ones, the biggest tournament. Like, there are many tournaments leading up to it, but you kind of want a world title, like Olympics. <laughs> when the moment arrives, you want to have it. You yeah. don't want to like, oh, it just slipped. Yeah, it was close, but you know, it's failure. <laughs> like you, didn't, you didn't get the medal. Right. You failed. Failed. Yeah. And it's such a direct sport because if you are like, you're, you miss, you miss one step. It's kind of like in footwork and how they they, they even move over the over the tatami, over the mat. It's kind of like you miss one step or make one um, fraction of a mistake in your. Um, in, in, in how focused you are, you're on your back. And it's like, I'm flat on my back. And you know what is so, what really surprises me each time I see it, they have to get up. Yeah. We even saw some men crying. They were like men 100 kilos. And it was like, crying because he won. But I But it's like, you know, you, you lay there, you trained your whole, you know, every day, blood, sweat, and tears. You trained really hard. And you're on your back. And you know you can go home. You have to get up, still do the conduct of judo, make the judo bow, you know, give them the yes. hands, a high five in the middle, like, okay, thank you for the match. Just, oh, I'm totally sad that I lost, but I need to, you know, kind of like end this in a neat way. Mm. But the failure is so direct. It is so, but you know what? If you're good, <laughs> the winning part is super fun. <laughs>
because of his lack of leadership and his fear. When there's not good leadership, when there's a lack of fear, you can't lead people into a Bible study when there's fear in your path. Amen? And foolish, it's funny how the Bible you know, really calls Saul foolish. It actually means he is morally and spiritually lacking. He lacked spiritual relationship with God. Let's skip forward. I'm going to look at chapter 14 and see what happens. Okay, some more questions to keep you awake. What's the name of Saul's son? Jonathan. Okay. If Saul is 30, how old do you think Jonathan is? Oh, my gosh, he'd be a teenager. Yeah, he would probably be around 15. So how old was Saul when he got Jonathan? 15. <laughs> 15, that's 30. <laughs> yeah, he was probably a very, very young dad. So let me give you this nugget. Young people are called to lead. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so we in our church say we have to go out to campus. The Bible proves it all the way through. Amen? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the apostles are probably also called at 15, 16, and then they were trained for three years. So they were 18, 19 when they went off and lead. So you're 20 day, that's fine, you can lead. We'll train you for a few years. <laughs> Ready to lead. <laughs> so um, let's also have the conviction that age or um, spiritual age, but also just physically age or whatever state you're in, look at Hillary and me, nothing can be an excuse, sisters. Mm. No excuses, nothing. We're all called to lead. Study out the Bible, call to lead in studies to convert people. Amen? Amen. That's our goal. We have to keep our eyes on the goal of the battle. Amen. <laughs> if we're not focused, we're going to be on our backs. <laughs> Chapter 14. Point number two. When faith is the dominant voice, boldness is evidence. When faith is the dominant voice, then boldness is evidence. And we're going to see it here in Jonathan. Because Jonathan is attacking the Philistines, <laughs> just himself with his armor bearer, <laughs> in this chapter. Yeah. yeah, when faith is the dominant voice, then boldness is evidence. Right. Chapter 14. So one day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistines' outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a sorry, pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men. And this is kind of like where it comes down to imagine a church just doing really, really bad. He, his son is left, he doesn't even know. They're just sitting there under a tree, sobbing. What to do? We only have a few people. It's like no leadership, no faith, only fear. Um, verse 4. One each, uh, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One called Boses and the other Seneh. One cliff stood to the north towards Mishmash and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, wherever many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Wow. Jonathan said, come then, we will cross over towards them and let them see us. And if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, then we will stay where we are and not go up to them. 
But if they say, come up, come up to us, we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistine, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes they were hiding in. <laughs> the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we will teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hands of Israel. They're ours. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with the armor bearer right behind him. And the Philistines, Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. And in that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Wow. wow. So Jonathan showed some faith. Yeah, yeah. He was the only one with his armor bearer by his side. Like, come, we're of the faith. Let the church with the 600 there sob in their fear. Let's, we will go and do it. Yeah. And he totally trusted on God. Yeah. He was kind of like going like, you know, if God is with us, we can totally do this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe today that God is with you when yes. you're in a battle? Yes. yes. Amen. If you believe that God is with you, don't be afraid. It's gonna, even though we go through failure, even though we have fear, even though we have all those things, let faith be the dominant voice. Yeah. Keep on going after it. Don't give up in that battle. Mm -hmm. And it's the boldness that Jonathan shows here that is the evidence in his life that shows the faith. Jonathan was young, but never ever did his youngness or you know stand in his way. He didn't thought I am so young I will not be able. Nothing is an excuse if you have faith. Nothing is an excuse. Sometimes we have a lot of excuses, don't we? Yeah. Nothing should be an excuse. But he needed only one armor bearer. So this can be also a, a, a great great point for us if you've been reading or have read the book 2020. Mm -hmm. um, they talk about armor bearers and shoe maidens. Yeah. And it's really good to read, like what does it really mean? Because we use it in the kingdom of God now as well. What is a armor bearer? And uh, I, <laughs> I'm really proud, Ada, on, on your example today. <laughs> and in the week where you said, coming back from the singles retreat, she kind of said, like, All right, I want to do more. Like, she wants to kind of be an armor bearer, shield maiden, how you call it. Like, really want to give more. But it takes faith. Because it doesn't give her anything back at the moment. It's like not like, oh, okay, well, you know, we were able to give you tons of money or like, you know, your, your whole life will be like, <laughs> like a princess in the kingdom or whatever. It's like nothing, nothing is on the other side. It's like with faith, I want to do more and going after serving more. But, you know, faith is that God will then meet her needs and that God is with her. And in the end, that's all you need. Yeah. So God will meet your needs, but that God is with you is all you need. Yes. Sometimes we think we need finances, or we need this, or we need that. But sometimes that God is with you, your protection of your life being in His hands is all we sometimes need. We don't need anything more. He'll take care of all your needs. But having faith in that He knows what you need, and that He's with you, is often all we need. So we are, <laughs> I'm sharing in the morning. <laughs> and with Amaya as well, we tagged along. 
and they kind of like tried to approach some people that were also sharing from Ox Farm at the station, but they kind of got in a fight. We're like, okay, this is maybe not the you know the, the land that God is saying go and no, share here. No. Like let's spread our land to somewhere else. <laughs> so the playground was our yeah. next <laughs> land we set our foot on. <laughs> well, we got three contacts there, right? Yeah. <laughs> three numbers of our pairs and young nannies that also oh. like have some free time during the day. That's <laughs> how so we set our foot on over.
we would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast if you would like video versions of these episodes whether it's sermon highlights or interviews feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our youtube channel that's londonchurch.org.uk that's l-o-n-d-o-n-c-h-u-r-c-h dot org dot uk and for all other updates and information whether it's services events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one